Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good Monday morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Hope you had a wonderful weekend and uh, are on track to have a wonderful week ahead. And we are pleased to welcome back the hair care guru, our hair care hotline expert, and our our health expert now, uh, Candace Thomas. Good morning. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing well. Glad to have you back. And uh, how's Ms. Bailey doing? Bailey is doing great. She's a spunky little girl, so I'm blessed to have her. <laughs> yeah, so three, three, almost four months, right? She is four months. Four months. Four months. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Congrats. Congrats to you and, and your family. That's got to be it's just a joy, especially around the holidays. So, that that childlike wonder around the holidays, sometimes we, we kind of just overlook it, and sometimes we need to be reminded, you know. So. Yeah. Thank you so much. So, ma'am, get us back on track with our hair. In fact, um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is some of the things you experienced with your own hair as you were going through your process of, um, you know, prenatal and and now, you know, she's here and and things that you're having to to contend with with your own hair. Um, Some of the things that I have encountered and I'm still – I guess looking for this other part. Um, so I it increased a lot of hair growth. So um, most moms, but if you're if you're a first time mom or you're looking into um, having your first child, so one of the experience with your hair and skin is that you increase hair. You increase hair everywhere, not just on your head, lady. Everywhere and husbands, please be kind. Okay. She may get a little mustache and a little beard. It's the warm-up. Um, also, hair on your stomach. It's increased hair. The the reason, the scientific reason about, around, about that is because um, the body wants to keep you and the baby warm just in case you are going through a winter and you're having to be outside cold. It just naturally wants to keep the body warm. So it increases hair all over the body. Now, what happens when you give birth? Does that hair go away? We would like it to. Sometimes it does. 
sometimes they don't. And sometimes it goes away in places we don't want it to go away. And sometimes the hair stays in places we don't want it to stay. Um, so that's just one of the things that I have experienced. Now, have I experienced the hair loss on my head yet? Not noticeable. And it's really because I'm currently breastfeeding. Um, so I'm still having those hormones going through my body. So I, ha- I haven't experienced the amount of hair loss that I experienced when I had my son. So, um, But every pregnancy is different. And, you know, you may experience ha- experience with your first one and not with your second one and vice versa. So it just depends on your body. So do you just let it stay? Do you remove it? Um, or, I mean, or do you wait until you're through that period and then consider removing it? And if you do, is there a, a safe way, I guess, to, to do that? So with my son, I had laser hair removal on my face, right? Um, mm-hmm. And the, the the blessing with that is um, it's a curse and a blessing at the same time. So luckily for me, I had the laser hair removal in Orlando. Well, once you go through the treatment with most places, you have unlimited touch-ups, right? Um, mm-hmm. So once you go through the laser hair removal, you can go back for maintenance after, you know, within like a 10-year period, I think it was. So I ended up having the laser hair removal, it was like five years ago. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So when I had my baby, they, in some of the areas, it came back, like on the chin. Um, did it mm-hmm. come back as bad as it was with my first one? No. But hmm. did some of those hair follicles regenerate itself because of the hormones? I think it did. And did it did the hair come back on on the chin area? Being transparent, it did. So did I make an appointment to for maintenance? And I did. And I still fell within that window for maintenance. So I don't have to pay um, any more money because it is it can't be. A, a taxing uh, price tag there to get it done because it ends up being like you're paying for like eight to ten sessions to get the hair removed off, lasered off. But here's the thing: if you are darker skin um, or skin of melanin, melanin, you know, African American, or Native American, uh, whatever descent you are, but you're brown. Um, sometimes the laser hair removal process doesn't really react with our skin very well. So there's another one you can use, which is probably a lot safer and which is what the route I'm going through now is called electrolysis. And it's where they kind of mm-hmm. go through within the, the the hair follicle itself and they burn the, um, the hair follicles from growing anymore. It is a longer process, but like if you um, are, if your skin's very sensitive, which a lot of um, skin with melanin, is more sensitive to to that laser um, process, mm-hmm. it might be a lot better for you. Now, are there creams and stuff that they have out there on the market? There are. Um, is there something you can take? There, it, it is. I don't really know the name. Um, only reason I don't want to ingest anything is because I'm breastfeeding, A. And um, B, I really don't have time for the creams or the energy, to be honest with you. I'd rather just go get it done and call it a day. So it's your preference. I would also talk to your dermatologist to see what's, which one you want to do um, when it comes to removing the hair in unwanted spaces. Um, so for me, it's my face. Everywhere else, it's 
you know, a mirror and a razor will take care of the business. But my face, you know, I'd rather just yeah. get it done. Yeah. So, you know, what, what, I mean, I guess what I wanted to find out is you talk about these different types of treatments. Or what, can you talk a little bit about the costs involved and does insurance cover any of this? Now, if you go to the dermatologist, depending on your dermatologist, right, they can write up, write it up to where insurance can pay for it. It just depends on the dermatologist you go to, okay? Now, I don't okay. want to say that all dermatologists will do that. And nine times, let me not say nine, maybe like six times out of ten, most of them won't, okay? But if you find that right dermatologist, you know, they know how to they know how to do that. Um, okay. Now, me giving you pricing was prior to COVID, COVID, so that's when I started my hair removal journey. <clears throat> I think it was thousand dollars altogether. But again, after said and done, or maintenance within a period of time. It's mm-hmm. no cost, right? Just to go make an appointment, I make I pay like a small fee for the for the time of the um, esthetician or the person that's doing it um, for her time, but I don't pay the actual cost to get it done um, because there's gonna be breakthrough hair that comes off of the skin in the midst of the day, so. That's what I would recommend. I would say just kind of shop around. Um, okay. To see which one works for you. And also, if you do decide to do something like that, the offer where you can get a test run to see how your skin reacts before you make the investment um, to get it done. And I can honestly say, like, I had a full-on beard when I, <laughs> when I got my son. And I don't have the, I don't have the beard anymore. I don't even have, I had a unibrow, had that done. I don't have that unibrow anymore. So what came out from having my baby this time was just like little stray hairs, like, you know, like Mm -hmm. the random long hair, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. So again, that's covered under maintenance. It's not like a whole full on beard. So in the mm-hmm. result of the our initial treatment works. Do you think before had to do with the fact that you were having a son versus a daughter? Do you think that made any difference? No, it's, it's the hormones regardless. You're going to produce okay. hormones regardless if you're having a baby or not. And some people are just more susceptible to have hair than others. Like I was talking to a friend of mine, and she's like, I don't have any kids and I have hair, you know. So then she mm-hmm. said, you know, she asked me about getting it done, and I said, well, I would wait until you have your first baby, to be honest with you, to get it waxed. And I said, I personally will wait until you have your first baby just to kind of see how your body will react and then think about what you want to do afterwards. And so that would be my suggestion. Now, if you're just like, I'm just really hairy and I just need to get it done, again, go get a consultation, though. Consultation in this realm of esthetician is free. So mm-hmm. I would definitely go get a, cons- a 
consultation, talk to someone that does it, even maybe go to different places, dermatologists to see what they offer, and have them do a test run on your skin to see how your skin reacts, and then you can schedule it from there. Okay, so the other thing I wanted to ask you about is, and we've had this discussion prior to your pregnancy, just in terms of, of doing different styles. Did you? I wanted to ask you, did you use a lot more uh, wraps or, uh, you know, hair bands or any type of, you know, hair accessories uh, during this period? I honestly probably did the same amount, but what I did do that was probably out of my norm. I did more protective styles, so I got my hair braided a lot more. Um, I made it a mission to get my hair braided because I knew I was wasn't going to have the energy to do my hair. So one of the mm-hmm. major signs and symptoms for first trimester and third trimester of the pregnancy is fatigue, okay, ladies. So think about it. If you are expecting or you're, you're trying to get pregnant, also incorporate what you will want to do with your actual maintenance of your hair because you really are you really are not going to want to really be messing with it because you're going to be tired. So either A, I'm going to end up with baby dreads in my hair because I don't feel like combing it, <laughs> or B, right. I'm going to make it my mission to get my hair done. So literally probably a good chunk of the pregnancy and postpartum was my hair and braids. And I made it where I would go to the braider probably like every other month, every eight weeks. So I'll wear braids for six weeks, six to seven weeks, and have a week of rest, and then decondition it, um, shampoo decondition, oil treatment, and then go back to the braider and get my hair braided, or she'll come to me. So whichever one was convenient for the time. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have that baby, you really mm-hmm. don't have time to do your hair, honestly, because <laughs> the baby's going to be running the household, right? So right. either A, you're going to try to figure out how you're going to braid your hair or or prep your hair, or, or B, you're going to make sure that your baby's happy and the hair's already done. So I chose the B route, make sure she's happy, and we have, and we have less little hang-ups, and then the hair is done. So that's the route I went. We are here with hairstylist and now nurse, Candace Thomas. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. If you have questions for Candace, the number is 516-387-1944. Geez, Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Tim Garrison. Uh, You may know me as Timmy G. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's been two decades, but I want you to know I'm back in the architecture. And I've got a mix of music that can help you relax and chill out. It's smooth. It's relaxing. It's chill out jazz. The soulful mix of smooth jazz, soul, and smooth R&B. So join me every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. to midnight on KHAM Radio. Are you Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, 
everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Good morning. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I'm your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We're here with Candace Thomas, a hairstylist and medical professional now, nurse. Uh, and if you have questions, the number is 516-387-1944. Girl, you're juggling a whole lot. But while you're doing that juggling, give us a few tips. You know, if the holidays are here, you know, um, you know, going here, going there, trying to dress it up. Uh what do we do um, without taxing our hair so much? You got any recommendations? Well, because I haven't been tackling my hair, I would definitely say look at something that's protective. But also think about the elements that you're in this time of year. So um, one of the things that um, some of my clients have been reaching out is, what do I do with my hair, my natural girl? What do I do with my hair? Is you know, I want to do something that that I can that's different from my norm and the humidity is mm-hmm. down, keyword humidity is down, um, and I think I can, you know, step out on stage here. So I always said this is the best time of year to straighten your hair, ladies. If you want to straighten it and it lasts and, it, and, it, and you can wear it for more mm-hmm. than just an hour, okay, because humidity, this non-humidity period of time is our friend. So if you're going to go to a holiday party, this might be the one time that you can stretch out on face and straighten your hair and it will actually last and look nice. Um, unless mm. it's one of those holiday parties where you're going to be sweating and, you know, dropping like it's hot. Of course, I don't, I don't think that would be good style. <laughs> but <laughs> if you're going to be going to the holiday party and you're going to be, you know, being cute and, and, and you're wearing your nice sit-down heels because you know how some of them heels don't work well, um, <laughs> then... Straightening your hair would be a great idea. If you're not, I always recommend a cute bun. And I like a high pony, a high ponytail bun, meaning that okay. it's kind of like close to the crown of the head. And then okay. adding some accents around the bun, I think that would be so cute. Now, for our short hair girls, I think just doing a really nice sleek pixie, like a sleek slap being I'm a, a girl who loves five swoops, and just kind of have a pin behind the ears and letting the back kind of do its natural thing, but having the front really nice and sleek and, and side swoop is my favorite. So those are some suggestions I would do for the holiday season. Okay. All right. So what what about... 2023 coming up, you know, people are trying to make fresh starts, you know, talking about losing weight and everything, Um, and a lot of the focus is on, you know, the losing of the weight or or whatever. Um, What about the sprucing up of the hair, Um, and and is there maybe something they could, I know one of the things I've had to do, not necessarily with hair, but with makeup, is I've had to go through and throw a lot of stuff out, Um, especially stuff because of COVID, you weren't doing a lot of makeup because of the mask and stuff like that. So now it's old. And so I'm throwing it out. Right. Is there, you know, so is is there a way, are there things that we need to be doing, I guess, in terms of 
let's say, restocking and replenishing or starting new with some of our hair care products. And is this a good time to go ahead and maybe get that, that cut or trim that you've been putting off? This is a good time to get that cut and trim because I think especially, let's say, after the holiday season is over, holiday season is busy, but after the holiday season is over, a lot of our our, our friends in the salon are going to have some openings, okay? Right now they, they, um, they don't. But during the actual holiday season, will they have openings? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a holiday past holiday season. January, February, will they have openings? Yes, they will. They'll be more um, susceptible to getting clients in. Or if you're trying to, to get in with that stylist that you always wanted to try, she probably would have some um, appointments available for new clientele at that time. So I would say, yes, it would be a great time to go get your hair done by somebody, maybe just a nice trim to refresh. Taking backing off of, like, going through your products to seeing if what products work and which products you might need to throw out is an excellent idea um, because I recently did that with my tools. Um, well, some of the tools I was using at home, I was looking at them, and I had to get rid of them because, they no longer um, worked for what I needed them to work for anymore. They, the bristles were broken off, the combs looked raggedy, and mm-hmm. I needed to update them. If there's products that you want to try, um, this might be a good time to look into gift sets, and here's the why behind it. It's, a, it's marked down a little bit cheaper for you. And if it's something that you're wanting to try, you've been wanting to try, but you, you wanted to get the shampoo conditioner set and maybe a leave-in conditioner that comes with it, see if they have a mm-hmm. gift set in it. Um, if it will end up being where you get, like, maybe 50% off of one of the products or maybe it, one product is thrown in there for free. Um, so if you're trying to update your actual hair care um, line, um, in your house, look and see if there's a gift set available for that hair care product. Nine times out of ten, it might be in that brand, and you can actually try it without breaking the bank. So this time of year, sprucing up what you have in your um, on your shower for your shampoo and conditioner, underneath your cabinet for your products, might, and the same goes for makeup too, might be a great time to try that product because they probably have a gift set that's marked down. So check that out. Okay. And then I guess I wanted to know about, uh, well, brushes. I guess, and I guess that goes with what well, you were talking about appliances, brushes and combs as well, you know, checking for for the teeth and, and uh, bristles and stuff like that. How long should you keep? I have a comb right now, and, and it's not that it's not working, but it, it, it's definitely been around for a while. And I'm just kind of wondering, do you just get rid of it after a certain period, or if it's still working, do you, do you keep it? Um, and, and then I guess also wanted to know about, when you use, I guess, the different, I guess, types of combs, uh, I know you use a wider tooth, right, for, for wetter hair, right, if you're combing, trying to comb products through and stuff like that. But is there a point where you ever use, like, a fine-tooth comb? So fine-tooth is to refine the hair typically, right? Mm-hmm. Um Typically, to refine the hair. Normally, if, if it's wet, I don't bring out a fine tooth comb, no matter what kind of hair texture you have. 
Um, right. But if your hair is straight and I'm just kind of like fine-tuning the straight style um, or I'm taking smaller sections and I'm doing using smaller, finer sections, then, yes, I would do the fine-tooth comb. Um, wide comb oh, would be great, better for um, detangling purposes, but also is operator. So you as the person or how you're using the tool in your hand. So you can even take a wide tooth comb and, and you know, uh, rake your hair and then your hair breaks off, right? So, again, it depends on the, the operator, whoever's um, operating with the comb. Now, when it comes to the tools and when to get rid of them, if it's a plastic-based comb and you notice that the back of the comb or the brush, the plastic part is coming off in your hand, Right? Because you cleaned it so often, and this I really see this more often in the hair salon setting because we have to submerge our stuff for sanitation purposes and in this like gunk um, that cleans it, but it also corrodes your your stuff. But if you also, you know, certain products that we use on our stuff at home, like certain gels or hairsprays, can also corrode the back of the comb or the the teeth of the comb or the brush. So if that happens to you, how do you know to get rid of it? If it's, like, coming off or it's, like, a tacky feeling, get rid of it. Now, if you have this favorite comb that lasted a long time, like my mom still has the brush that she used on my hair when I was a child, okay, and it still works and it's still kicking, well, there's no reason to get rid of it if it still isn't in and it's still doing its job. So I would definitely use it in the discretion of is it corroding, is it breaking down, then get rid of it, right? If it's not, there's no reason to update it. If it's not, you know, broken, I'll change it. Okay, good to know. Because I look at it, I'm like, you poor thing. (laughs) I keep wondering. I'm like, you you poor thing, but but is it corroded? Is it, you know... No, I mean, it's, you know, I, you know, no, nothing, nothing's coming off in my hand, and you know, I mean, it just kind of looks a little worn, but it's not, you know, it's not pulling any hair out or anything. It just, you know, it's a, a old black white tooth comb, and it it works. <laughs> I was just wondering, you know. It well, okay, see? it works. Yeah. It works. So, okay, um, one last thing, and I know you got to go. Um, the dietary thing. I know we've discussed. We're going to reiterate this now, and that's part of your your uh, dietary, uh, I guess, New Year's Eve resolution too. Drinking more water, right? <laughs> Definitely drink water, guys. Um, there are apps mm. out there that actually helps you keep track of your water intake, and I mm-hmm. utilize them because if you are that mom that plans on breastfeeding or you're breastfeeding, you need to make sure that you stay hydrated. Because, you know, that's fluid mm-hmm. that's coming off your body that the baby's taking from you, okay? So they need at mm. least 20, you know, each month. She's now four months, so she needs at least 25 ounces of milk a day. And if you are three, four, if you let go three-fourths of a liter um, of fluid off of you a day, you can put yourself at risk for dehydration if you don't put that back, Okay. So yeah. you, you don't want to I mean, be dehydrated. 
Okay. I'm not even and a mom, some... but I find myself getting dehydrated easily. And I keep wondering, well, why am I getting dehydrated? You know, it's like I'm not, I, and I don't know what it is. I'm not doing a lot of, you know, outside of going to the gym. And I take a water bottle when I go to the gym, but not a lot of physical exertion. But like this weekend, I got, I was feeling just kind of off and I was like falling asleep really easy, easily. Um, found myself just, you know, I, I keep like water bottles in the car. Sometimes I hand them out like to some of the home, homeless people or, or whatever when I stop at a light or whatever because I know they've been out there for a while. But I, I found myself, you know, grabbing a couple for myself and I went through them just like that. And I'm like, well, why am I this dehydrated? But it can sneak up on you, I think. Right. Like I said, 700 milliliters. So that's three-fourths of a liter. That's for anybody, not just pregnant mom, any person, adult person. If you lose that much fluid in a day and you don't replace it, that's a, that's not a lot, okay? That's really mm-hmm. not a lot. So if you're losing mm-hmm. that much fluid within a time period, you can put yourself at risk of dehydration. And then some of the signs and symptoms of dehydration is lethargic, fatigue, yeah. a little confused, altered mental status. Little things you might notice, maybe some shaking, you know, some trembles. And then that's important because uh, we need to replace those fluids. We can listen mm-hmm. that we need to replace those fluids. So keep hydrated, not just for your hair, skin, and the nails, just for the um, making sure that your tissues inside of your body have fluids, okay? Because then mm-hmm. if your heart isn't getting fluid, if your kidney, around the kidneys, not just inside, around kidneys, it's not getting mm-hmm. fluid. Think about what's happening, you know. Less fluid going through those blood vessels, okay? You're, now your blood vessels are tightened, and the word that they're using medical uh, surrounding uh, an area would be constricted. So that can raise your blood pressure because now everything is, like, dry. Yeah. So, you know, so and, blood, and I'm, I'm sure it's got to do with um, – you know, the, the hydration has a lot to do, I'm sure, with your colon, too. We've got more people, more and more people getting colon cancer these days, you know, um, and I'm sure right. that has a lot to do with it, too. I mean, that's, so it, it's 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 no joke staying hydrated. I mean, and you, even if you got to put yourself on a timer, maybe, you know, once an hour, get up and get a glass of water, you know, just just do it. Candace, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. You have a blessed day and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, to you and I'll see you and talk to you in the new year. In the new year. Take care. Be well. Right. And we're going to take Bye. a quick break. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what's been going on up in Tallahassee. They've had a special legislative session. And Stephanie Duke is going to join us and give us an update. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you? With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it, by calling 561-832-3386. 
That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson & Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us. And we thank Candace Thomas again for coming back on with us and uh, look forward to having her back again in the new year. In the meantime, there was a special legislative session that was called a lot having to do with um, the uh, insurance crisis that we're having here in Florida. Uh, We have our virtual correspondent, my friend Stephanie Dukes, who was tuned into what was going on and uh, kind of wanted to get an update from her. Good morning, good afternoon, rather, Stephanie. How are you doing? Good afternoon, Lady G. We're doing wonderful here today. And I would like to just say hello to your listening audience and thank you for having us today. Uh, Very, very, very welcome. We appreciate having you always, though. So what's, what's up? Um, you know, uh, just you know, you, you, it's the holidays. You think everybody's taking a break, but um, this is kind of important. Um, give us a little insight in terms of what you were um, tuned into today. Okay, the, in Tallahassee today, the first special session was called, and it has to do with the insurance industry. And if you recall, back in May, we had a special session that was opposed to fix all the loopholes and uh, situations, but it did not. And because of the two major hurricanes that we experienced here in Florida, the governor suggested that, uh, you know, the legislators need to come back into session. Therefore, there was a memorandum uh, submitted and uh, passed for them to come back into session today. And basically what what they're doing is several bills have been presented to supposedly give relief to the homeowners. So those are the bills that they're dealing with today. The bills were accepted, all but one. There was one bill that was not accepted that was filed by the Democratic Uh, the newly uh, elected minority leader in the House, uh, Representative Driscoll, she had put in an amendment that really, really was more aimed to help people versus business now. And it was basically, it was not, let me stop using that word, basically. (laughs) It, It was targeted for three things, affordability of insurance, the availability of insurance, because, you know, a lot of us who buy homes that you cannot get it insured unless you go to the state insured uh, citizens. So we wanted to have more availability of insurance. And for that, she was saying, if you offer other products, You just can't come to Florida and offer one product. Let's say uh, you want to cover cars. And this was something that happened before, that Florida had a law on the books that says, listen, if you offer homeowner's insurance, you also have to offer uh, automobile and other products. Well, after. 
after Andrew, a lot of companies began to pull out of the housing insurance market, and Florida let them leave but allowed them to continue to offer automobile insurance and other products, life insurance, but not necessarily. So she targeted that to say, hey, you know, we need to go back and do this. And then accountability. The accountability piece deals with the fact that we need to hold people who file claims and they are fraud, hold them accountable. Have a department that is set aside strictly for that and do some real investigation and some real processing of those who do commit fraud and the Accountability Act. And then also for accountability, she suggested then the bill talked about creating a going, returning to the secretary of uh, the commissioner of insurance being an elected position versus an appointed position. And there was a time that that was uh, the case. It was elected, which held that person accountable to the public versus the governor. So those were the things that was in that bill. And, of course, when it was um, submitted, they said the bill was outside of the scope of what the call of the business was. And that's what it's it's called. You have a call to order for why are we meeting, and then you have to say specifically why you're meeting. And they were saying, well, what she was asking for was outside of the call because the bill that was presented by the Republican Party was more insurance companies driven, more weighted on their side. So that was one of the things. So they said, no, no, yours is outside of the scope. Well, she bought it up on the House floor uh, and gave reference to the articles that allowed that to happen. And, of course, they didn't have enough to pass it by a two-third vote for the bill to be accepted. So that bill was squashed, did not fail, and, uh, but that really had teeth in it for citizens versus business. So that's the scope of what's going on. Right now, they're having committee meetings on the bills that were submitted. The commission, uh, the committee on insurance and banking, is meeting now to look at the bill for how you know it it affects that industry. And again, we're talking about banking and insurance committee. You know, you have to look at the committees these bills go to, and that will mm-hmm. tell you who is profiting from this bill. So that's who we have going on now. I think they're scheduled to meet. Let me look at my schedule from 12 to 2.30. They will meet Mm -hmm. uh, Representative Thompson. No, excuse me. Senator Thompson and Senator Powell have filed several amendments. So these amendments will be coming up for consideration, which we'll probably don't have. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I just wanted to ask, are they primarily dealing with just homeowners insurance? Is anybody talking about um, auto insurance? Because that's creeping up as well. Mm-hmm. No, this is, and see, that was the thing also Rep Driscoll was talking about. We need to deal with all of the insurance issues. And that's where mm-hmm. why she was talking about 
that section in there when she talked about availability, that we need to deal with all of the insurance property that a company, I'm just going to say company Z, and company Z just deals with all offering property, I mean, um, car insurance, and it's not being regulated, okay? And not both, you looking at all of their properties, all of their products that they offer, car, house, life insurance, all of these products that they offer, commission that her bill also talked about establishing a special commission to do exactly that, Lady G, to look at all of the products, not just property insurance. And essentially, that is what this session is about, nothing but property insurance. And that is why her bill was called outside of the scope of the business, because it pulled those areas into it. That was a very good question. So from what you were able to observe, what do you see happening? I mean, were there any, like, real solutions that were put forward? You, you talked about um, some some bills that passed, I guess. Um, well, the bills I, I guess are I under know. consideration. These are under consideration. That was accepted. Under consideration, okay. Now being All right. considered by committees. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So uh, is there a timeline for for these committees to – kind of get back to the uh, general membership or what? Yes. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Thank you for that question. The House laid out a timeline that most of the the bills that they're under consideration, there's a companion bill. The bill was submitted into the House for consideration and the Senate for consideration. So they're essentially the companion bills, pretty much the same. Well, the schedule they called out, the committees will meet today. Mm -hmm. The House will come back, and then they will exchange bills, and they will meet tomorrow on the any amendments or that was added to the Senate side, the House side. They will, you know, do those negotiations and come up with if there was any amendments which I imagine they will take and, you know, vote down any amendments if they come from the Democratic side with the Republican side having a majority in both houses, both chambers. Then on Wednesday, they will take the final vote on the bills that passed committee, that came that actually come out of committee, and they will take the vote on those. Right now, we're looking at there are three bills: two A, four A, excuse me, yeah, four, two A, four A, six A, and eleven A, that are under consideration uh, out of the bills that were filed that have been accepted and been referred to committees. So yes, they say by Wednesday, um, I believe the time the president of the house gave was they should be able to make arrangements to leave by six o'clock on Wednesday afternoon. Although this session had been allowed it to go till Friday, just in case there were any complications. So which do you think are going to have the, from what you saw, what do you think is going to have the best chance of going forward, and what do you think is going to meet with some resistance? 
Well, all of the bills, of course, was have um, amendments filed to them from the opposing mm-hmm. side. And but I imagine and can pretty much say that the way that the the Republicans have submitted their bills and they have been written that that is how they were passed. The amendments mm. by in the Senate side by Senator Thompson and Senator Powell, they'll let them talk, give them consideration uh, out of courtesy. You find that you have a lot more courtesy in the Senate side because you have a lower number of uh, represent of uh, actually senators than you do representatives. So they do mm-hmm. things a little more courtesy over there. So they're going to give them the courtesy of listening to them. But in the final end, I'm quite sure they're going to vote down those amendments. And just the way that the these bills have been written will be how they pass. Like Senate Bill 2A is improving the property insurance marketplace for homeowners. Now, that's, you would think that would be really great, right? <laughs> that because it says improving the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, but what does that really mean, improving the marketplace? It, they say it builds on the consumer friendly property insurance reform forms. The forms, <laughs> but it says working to curb skyrocketing property insurance rates and bringing stability to the property insurance market for the benefit of the policyholder. But when most, when the experts scrutinized this, they really did not see where this bill, what it does, is supposed to shear up the state-run citizen property insurance, okay, because that Mm -hmm. has become where most people have had to get their insurance when other companies be. That's not supposed to be the way that it happens. That's that's not supposed to happen. That's that's supposed to be the backup plan. Mm -hmm. That's supposed to be the backup plan. So now they're going in, you know, it says, oh, wow, you know, before uh, the Hurricane Ivan, they were saying, oh, service insurance was right there. It was going to be okay. And on the worst-case scenario, it could handle all the claims. Well, now they see worst-case scenario, they're going to have to modify this. So that this modification will pass. Uh, I have no doubt about that, that it will pass, and it's supposed to improve the marketplace for the consumers. And what they want to do with this one is then take some of the homeowners out of citizen and have the companies agree to pick up a certain number to give some relief to that program. But that's really kind of like, really? But to do that, they're probably going to have to pay them some type of incentive, okay? And now, so Senate Bill 4A deals with recovering and rebuilding from Hurricane Ivan and Nicole. Now, that provides relief, which we know relief, we're talking about money, for those recovering from the rebuilding. And it is going to include tax relief 
for owners of destroyed homes, home assistance for those who've been displaced, and funding for the reconstruction of the impact beaches and essential water infrastructures. So that one is talking about money to areas that the federal government, that the monies that come in here from the federal government as well as state money, that's pretty much what that bill does right there, relieves more money. So we're talking about a bill with money again. And then Bill 6A deals with toll savings, okay? Again, toll savings, what are we talking about? Money. And that's mm-hmm. just moving money where the tolls were suspended. And it says mm-hmm. this legislation approves right. funding, right, for the statewide toll relief program to help reduce the cost of getting to and from work providing important savings to Florida's families and commuters. Well, that just means that we're <laughs> going to move from one side to the other from where the tolls were suspended and money was not collected so that the toll program, which is the Department of Highway Safety, the money mm-hmm. they lost, we're now going to move money out of the general funds over to them. Right. So yeah. So so that covers, I guess, or put, I won't say cover because they uh, apparently lost a lot of money. But that that was mm-hmm. so that uh, people that were trying to evacuate during Hurricane Ian could get down the road pretty swiftly and safely without having to worry about stopping for tolls or being uh, or mm-hmm. tolls being collected. You know. So, exactly. but you know, at the same time, where are they taking that money? Is are they tapping into the the, the Sadowski fund again? Oh, you know to take the money from? You know that's exactly what's going to happen. They're going to raid the mm. trust. Uh, so, and see, that's the interesting thing. This bill, you know, these are just summaries of the bill that came out of the what I was reading was a memorandum mm-hmm. that was submitted by the Senate president and summarizing, mm-hmm. you know, exactly what was going to happen. It was the uh, in that, in the call, the scope of the call for what they were going to be talking about. And, but that's exactly what it is. Now, mm-hmm. they did do a budget analysis part of it, and I didn't really see that one on the website. The budgeting, where it goes, that part I did not see. See the staff analysis. Okay, there there were no staff analysis on here, mm. so it says none available. It gave me the mm. bill text, but that's it, mm. you know. Yeah. So, but they're supposed to have been when her call. She it does state in the memorandum that you know there was supposed to be some kind of analysis that was done. Uh, to please look for it. Let me see how she really says that. Oh, our professional staff have prepared bill analysis in advance of the traditional deadlines to ensure additional times for your review prior to Monday committee hearings. Well, I have not found those on the Internet yet. And where it should be, it, it says staff analysis, it said none available, 
unless they sent them to them, you know, directly. So I don't know what that financial impact, I can't really speak to that, but we will continue to look for it. As a matter of fact, I just sent a message over to the Senate side, to the Senate minority leader, asking about that comment. Okay. Let's see what we get back on that, which she's in committee meeting now, so. Um, mm-hmm. I don't finish a book till later. Okay. Well, thank you for that thorough update. <laughs> we appreciate <laughs> it. I'm sure there was there was more, but you know that's only so much yeah. that one person can take in and try to retain. Um, but I know this is this is your your field your forte your your field of interest. So um, I'm glad you you took the time out to kind of update us. Um, and I want to kind of go back for a minute um, to kind of just. <laughs> when I mentioned the Sadowski fund, and I know some people, some people know, and some people are scratching their heads, but that mm-hmm. is supposed to be uh, uh, a fund that um, when you pay, when you buy your houses um, or you're selling your houses or whatever, and there's certain what they call dock stamps or fees or, or, or whatever taxes, whatever that money is supposed to go into a fund to help, you know, with affordable housing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just, 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 just to let you all know, and they, and, and there's a battle that continues to go on among realtors and, and others about trying to keep uh, people, the legislators or, or whoever, from tapping in to that fund to cover other stuff. So. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to talk, probably talk about that some more because we really do need to delve into that because you all need to know. Um, you all need to hold people accountable for for taking money, you know, uh, you know, and and the reason I'm talking about this because this fund continues to get robbed on a regular basis. No, they no one seems to see see an issue with borrowing money from from this particular fund and not putting it back. So, anyway, okay. So what else is going on, Stephanie? Oh. Yeah, go ahead, please. Another point quickly I want to make about the – because I have the Senate uh, going on in the background, and I'm reading the the caption. Part uh-huh. of – they're talking about uh, Senate Bill 4A, and one of the things they are talking about now in the committee as we are talking is to have everyone, whether you live in a flood zone or not, you're going to have to buy flood insurance. So, like, I don't have flood insurance now. So I don't either. Okay, when they add that to my bill, and I live up on a hill. Yeah, me too. (laughs) So I purposely, you know, chose where it was not a flood zone, went and looked at the, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the last 50 years and things. But they want everyone now to carry this bill would require everyone to carry flood insurance. And I thought I saw wind come up on the, uh, the close caption words, but I'm not sure about that. But and that could be possible that too, because automatically, because a lot of, you know, people, the thing is, and one of the reasons I think they're pushing this is because a lot of the flooding sometimes that occurs is not just necessarily water rising in low, in low areas, but it's the wind blowing water into structures that normally don't have a, a water issue. Okay, mm-hmm. we've mm-hmm. had we've had that happen during one of the storms, and it got in through you know the wind drove the rain 
um, I guess, under some of the eaves and stuff. And we ended up getting some, some water damage in our living room ceiling some years back. Wow. You know. Yeah. And did so, you know there was certain – go ahead. I'm, I apologize. No, no. I was just going to say, but flood insurance doesn't cover that, you know. Right. So, they won't cover yeah. that. And then yeah. the other thing, I didn't know till, uh Rep Driscoll – Leader Driscoll was mentioned it the day. There's such a thing as pre-existing condition that yep. they can, the insurance company can deny a payment. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say an example they used was you had your flooring put in, and because maybe you had some damage in your house, you had mm-hmm. flooring redone, and that they can come in and say, oh. Well, we're not going to pay that because the flooring was not put in properly. Mm-hmm. So they can deny a a claim saying that you didn't have you have proper flooring that would not have let's say that it wasn't level and the water. Or let's say you have damaged. foundational cracks or something like that. Yes, um, yeah. they will come in and deny the claim. Uh, because on the on the grounds of pre-existing conditions. Yeah, that was yeah. crazy. What? Let me let me just t- let me just say this, okay? You want to talk? We, we were talking about backup plans and all that kind of stuff. You know what the best backup plan is? You need to start saving some money for these repairs. And no, it's, that's hard. It's easier said than done. I'm not even saying that it's not easy. That that is easy. It's not easy. But um, the, the more that we can stop depending on other people to, to chip in and, and, and help us in, in our times of need, you know, I mean, if they can, that's great. But you need to have your own backup plan. You need to have, you need to, uh, I'm going to have to talk with Paul, so we're going to have to come up with the, with the backup plan of your own to try to figure out where to put the money that you want to save and not just in the savings account, but Money, places where you can grow your money so that you'll have it in these emergency situations, you know. And, you know, because you, every, I, you're going to need everybody the Everybody tapping into the insurance. same thing is not helping. What was yeah. that, Stephanie? But with, the, with the insurance going up, I'm going to need that money to pay the insurance. And if I'm paying a higher rate for my insurance, do you think I'm really not going to file something on my insurance? Oh, yes, I am. No, no, because no. Because my you know rate going happens, up. Though, uh, you know what happens though when you when you do that, uh, especially if you end up in, in a situation where you've had had to file multiple times, um, they they end up asking you to do certain things like uh, we got a letter recently because of the accidents that I had something about putting some additional money into some escrow. Mm-hmm. You know, accidents that were not my fault, right? And I'm paying the insurance, but you're asking me to put additional money in the escrow. I would rather almost just the money that I pay for auto insurance. And see, it's a, that's mm-hmm. why I almost think it's a racket because the money that I'm paying for auto insurance, I almost would rather put into a fund for the auto insurance, collect some interest on it, and buy me a car and the type of car that I want, not the car you say I can afford when that, if, if and when that accident occurs. That's what I would mm-hmm. rather do. Mm-hmm. Steph, we got to go, but I really appreciate you taking the time out and updating us. I I really think that was very helpful. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll Thank you for having me. I have to come, come get you back on after, after Wednesday, I guess. So. 
Okay. Thank okay. you all for listening. Thank you. Tomorrow we have Kevin Anderson. Thank you all for listening. This has been G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care.